Welcome back to Flopstars. In case you're new here, Flopstars is a podcast where we look at projects by our favourite pop stars that underperformed on the charts but found a home with a cult group of fans. I'm Sam Murphy, the editor of The Interns, and I'm joined once again by Project U's Nick Kelly to delve deep into misunderstood projects. This week, we're casting our minds back to Harry Styles' debut album. In 2017, he arrived finally as one of the last One Direction members to release solo music. Sign of the Times was the lead-in and it was a grand lengthy one. The album debuted at number one all around the world, but the single struggled to stick around as Styles aimed for a retro rock and roll sound. On this episode, we'll explore what the album did for his career and why Fine Line went bigger. Good morning, Nick, from sunny Gosford. How are you? Hello, Sam, from uh, what's the weather in New York City today? Uh, it was sunny, but now it's overcast. We're there doing like, the, the seasonal overlap at the moment where I start um, regretting not being in Australia. As Yesterday it to get a bit colder. was a lot of beach days for a lot of Sydney ciders. I know. Um, I love watching everybody come out on the first hot day of the season. It's like, best summer's <laughs> They've here! never seen a beach in their life. Never. Oh, it was incredible. But we are not here to discuss beaches. We are here to discuss an album made beaches. on the beaches of Jamaica. I was going to do that one, but then <laughs> I thought it was a cheap thought it was a cheap idea, and then you did it. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry for bringing this, the standard of this podcast down. <laughs> We are, of course, here to discuss uh, the self-titled debut from Harry Styles. And I was very excited when you dropped this one in the chat because I think this was one of the more interesting debut albums of the last decade and one of the more interesting solo career launches of the last decade. Do you share this sentiment? I definitely agree. There's there's so much to unpack here. Um, But I really liked your segue and I completely ruined it with my cheap joke. No, it was was was, interesting. It was recorded on the beaches of Jamaica, which is interesting because of all the albums released in the last 10 years, this to me sounds the least like it was recorded on the beaches of Jamaica. (laughs) I think folklore sounds more like it was recorded on the beaches of Jamaica than this. (laughs) You're right. This does have a very... um, This does have a very sort of like London cold yep. weather, you know, dark rooms, men wearing leather jackets, rock dog feel to it. And yep. I'm here for all of that. And it's got a regal kind of undertone that only a British artist, I think, could make um, at many moments of it. And it's got a lot of kind of throwback to really old rock and roll um, kind of stuff from the from the 60s and 70s as well. Not that I'm an expert in that genre, but what I understand the 60s and 70s rock sound. I been. can see the Rolling Stones poster in the background there. <laughs> For clarity, the it's, it's Rina Sawayama, Mole Rat and a Rainbow Flag is my current adornments. And the Beatles, Abbey studio. Road, I'm pretty sure I can <laughs> see. Up. Just there. <laughs> I, think, I feel like last week you were setting me up to tell me that... Well, you didn't set me up. You just sent me a text and told me you didn't like the album. This week, I feel like you're prefacing it very differently. So tell me you, you do like this album, don't you? Absolutely. I think this was the exact... 
in many ways the exact way that I expected Harry Styles to go from a solo perspective, but also in really? many ways. Yeah, I think, it, you know, splitting up the five members of One Direction initially, of course, um, the, the timeline of this is that One Direction went on hiatus at the end of 2015. Um, yeah. Zayn had departed in March of 2015 and a couple of months later they announced that the album they were about to release, uh, which I believe was made in the AM, was going to be their last for a while and that they were going to yeah. go on a hiatus. Louis Tomlinson, um, always the font of knowledge, um, said that the break would be around 18 months and of course it's now 2020 yeah. and we've had nothing more than a tweet on. about you know, how excited they were for 10 years to have been notched up despite five of those being inactive. Um, But going back to what we were talking about, like splitting up the five members of One Direction, if anyone was going to go down this path and go down this sort of like live sounding, rock sounding, but still with really strong songwriting, it was going to be the Hasler. And I think the way that he came out of the gates with sign of the times i still remember where i was when i heard that record and i can't say that for many songs and many artists and that felt like a real event single do you remember what you were doing when sign of the times it's so funny you ask because i was literally just talking about it so i was flying over to italy for someone's got a bianca is my partner who um yells out when we get facts wrong She's our producer. Dolly the sheep, etc. Yeah, <laughs> very absent producer most of the time. But yeah, let's give her that title. So it was her sister's wedding, and we were flying over with one of her other sisters, who is a massive One Direction fan, um, a massive, and you know exactly who I I'm know which one. Yeah, shout out Alice, <laughs> and obviously she was very excited about this moment. Harry is her favourite, and she had driven it home to us very strongly that Harry was going to release a song at some point in the flight. So we got to Dubai airport um, and the flight was about like everybody was lining up for the flight. The last people were going through the gates. Alice and I were still sat there trying to get the last bits of reception. And of course it's just getting closer and closer. Song drops, press play. Of course it's bloody six minute song or whatever so all i got to was the first chorus and then i had another a whole flight of not knowing what the rest of the song sounded like (laughs) that's phenomenal that's an incredible story of of waiting to get to the crescendo of that record and i got Uh, there eventually and was it worth the wait um not for me no i've I have a complicated um, relationship with Harry Styles, not a personal one, obviously. But um, so One Direction was One Direction. Have no problems with One Direction. I think I expected Harry to be the one, apart from Zayn, who would come out and really hit big straight away. And the album, I don't think I'm surprised by it now, but at the time I was surprised by it, that he did something that, was so retro sounding and to me this first album is so retro that there's not really any of his personality in it and it's the problem I had with him at the time in interviews is I just didn't feel like he'd spent so long being in this boy band and then I felt like this was his chance to like tell us everything he was about and to me it's just the vaguest album ever um and couple that with like 60s rock and roll I just wasn't excited by it having now had Fine Line come after it, which I'm a big fan of. 
I think it's such a colourful, bright and easy to devour record. And suddenly, like, I feel like we've got Harry's personality shining through. Going back on it today, I definitely like it a lot more than I did at the time. And there are some songs on there I would say I really like. I think Sign of the Times is a great song. Such a wild lead single for somebody who was very pegged to be the next big thing. That's really interesting, and I completely agree with you, actually. Um, I think with context now of more of Harry's personality, these these songs make a lot more sense, and this album makes a lot more sense. And I think, you know, you're right, Fine Line really did give us, you know, an understanding of who Harry Styles actually is. But I think Sign of the Times was exactly what he needed to shed everything that everyone knew about him. I think going out with something that huge and anthemic and just just a monumental record um, was exactly the way to do it. But I agree that when you get into the album's material, it is very influenced and it is very, it is very r- respectful of his peers and respectful of yeah. the, 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 the folks that were excited about his music. I keep thinking about Stevie Nicks and how close she yep. got to Harry so early on and how much he must have been stoked and therefore influenced by her thoughts on the yep. record. She basically ended up a- co a ring Fine Line in the end and telling him what should be the lead single and what should be held. Yeah. And, um, she, Bloody good A&R too. She is His good. rumours according to Stevie. <laughs> but she yeah, said I, that. What? She actually said that. She said Just, Fine Line is his rumours. Jesus, I didn't know that. That's a huge yeah. That's a huge call from Stevie. I know. Must have, <laughs> Queen of big calls. She might have just done some of the cocaine in her boot. That, let's delete that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah, nah, leave it in. Um, anyway, I'm getting off track. I think this was a necessary discovery album for him. And I think it definitely stands up now and it definitely has matured. Well, I agree that it was definitely possibly a little bit derivative at the time and a little bit sort of not enough of a keyhole into who Harry Styles actually was, but remember coming out of a boy band and coming out of one of the most successful boy bands of all time and one that was highly manufactured and highly media trained it is very very hard for harry to unlearn the yeah the sort of filtering of his thoughts and the filtering of his personality that he would have had yeah, to go through absolutely. within that band context so this was definitely a necessary bridge for him but i think the songwriting stands up yeah i've never actually thought about it that way I guess what surprises me so much now looking back is obviously every member member of One Direction coming out of the band had some um, kind of pressure to generate hits and most of them have got at least one. Um, But obviously, like, Harry was the one that everyone expected to just, like, nab that number one straight away, do a Justin Timberlake, like, for things to go really big. And it interests me that he clearly wasn't thinking about that when he was writing this album because it it doesn't have an obvious hit. And if you wanted an obvious hit going with a five, five minute long, like queen influence lead single is not the way to get it. Yeah. For me, he was already starting to think about his career long-term and thinking as a career artist and looking to people like Stevie Nicks and even the Rolling Stones and like 
artists like that that have lasted a very long time. You could tell that he wanted to be around for a very long time. Where I think he went wrong is he felt like he needed to mimic the sounds of rock and roll, like old rock and roll, because he felt that contemporary pop doesn't last long enough. And with that, I think, came a little bit of seriness, seri- seriness, seriousness <laughs> and overthinking. And that's what kind of makes the record not as um, giving as it could be. Whereas Fine Line, I think he shed that and he still was keeping the career artist thing. But he was like, now I want to have some fun. The kind of like long term doesn't matter so much to me right now. I just want to do something that's in the moment. And I think, like, you see it so much. Like, Fine Line has some very bold moments, like like very lengthy kind of rock and roll moments, like what he did on the debut, but then it also has his most pop moments ever, which is like like Watermelon Sugar and Adore You. I don't... Like, some of One Direction songs aren't even as poppy as that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, interestingly enough, talking about these kind of, you know, influences and possibly the over-influence of his heroes, um, The Guardian share our thoughts, um, saying not all of the album's musical homages work. Styles is desperately ill-equipped for the rock and roll raunch of Only Angel of the Glammy Kiwi. So, um, <laughs> so... Kiwi is... I absolutely hate it well we're about maybe to... i'd come around to it i still hate it really so we're about yeah. to dive into this on um in, in our first game i believe but i think it's possibly worth providing some context as to why we're considering this a flop stars moment because um yeah the, sorry we're just the, or you possibly have done this in the intro which is recorded after we record the show but who knows I'll omit it so that you can have your Love this. Now. Love this idea. <laughs> Thank you so much. So it debuted at number one in the UK, the US and Australia. So yeah. we wouldn't instantly so go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't do well at all. But uh, if you look at the, the sort of like longevity of the songs in particular, the, yeah. the individual songs as moments, um, Sign of the Times peaked at number one in the UK. I think that was obviously going to happen all the time, but only number four in the US. Two Ghosts peaked at number 54 in the UK. That was the next single, and it didn't make the Billboard chart. And Kiwi peaked at 66 in the UK, didn't make the Billboard yeah. chart. 92 Australia. So it wasn't a huge commercial success in, the, in, in terms of the actual individual songs on the record, which point to their which point to the strength of those songs and their longevity. Yeah. Um, so that's why we've considered it in Flop Stars. You know what's crazy? After they after they all released their solo projects, or at least a song, the One Direction um, boys, I did mm. a, a comparison of what their streaming numbers were and I looked at their most popular songs. And if we were going off most popular, Harry was sitting at about fourth because... Most of them had a huge radio hit at that time. Like Zayn obviously had heaps. Yeah. Um, Niall had slow hands, did very well for him. And then Liam, surprisingly, like pulled away from the pack for a bit with like Strip That Down. And obviously he went the modern um, pop route. And I guess if, if Harry Styles thought that contemporary pop burned out quickly, Liam Payne is kind of the best example of that. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, it's just interesting he was sitting so low in the ranks. I mean, now he's had um, a number one <coughs> US single, Adore You was top 10 and floated around everywhere for ages and Fine Line's done amazingly. So he's finally reached that potential. But certainly yeah. after the debut album, it was almost like maybe Harry isn't going to do as well as we all thought he was. He's also shown that his 
the way he dresses up these pop songs is going to work as well. He's the first... Watermelon Sugar is the first what you could call rock number one on the Billboard chart in 17 years. Yeah. It's a Nickelback song in 2003. That's from my own research. If anyone wants to um, wants to fight me on that, you can. But yeah, it was <laughs> the first one that I could. Yeah, exactly. It was the first one that, like, it, looking at it from a radio perspective, where you've got these kind of um, you've got main pop rock and what they used yeah. to call urban, which obviously is a shit word. Um, it is the first one you could code as rock that's been number one in like seven in 17 years which is amazing to wow. think about so good on you there the Hasler. should we play our first game of the show today yeah let's do it so we've kind of like i've already prefaced it by saying that i hate kiwi so good job me for being so <laughs> so discreet about the game that was going to come up but we're going to do harry or another direction so we're putting up harry songs from this album against songs by the other One Direction members. So we've got all four of them here, so none of them are being left out. Yeah, nice um, testy pop just then, by the way. It's nice to see that yeah, they're back, back for the back third for episode in a row. Yeah, it's good. it's good. Puberty <laughs> continues. <laughs> Maybe the balls will drop next week. <laughs> <laughs> What's our first team up of songs? Our first song is the lead single from Harry Styles called mm-hmm. Sign of the Times. Yep. And it's against Niall Horan's most popular track, Slow Hands. Oh, that's a hard one because I really, I think Slow Hands is a genius pop song. I think it's such a strong pop record. Hook, hooks for days. Um, the whole song is a hook. The verses are hooks. Yeah. I love the way that the vocals processed on it. Like it's gated within a fucking inch of its life, and only yeah. the only the really you know strong syllables get out the get out the gate. Um, it's a beautifully done song, but I just can't go past the moment that "Sign of the Times" was. It just yeah. was an event of a song. It felt like the coming of age of a young man that had been in our eyes and hearts for you know six seven years at the time. Um, so I I can't go past "Sign of the Times." Okay, sign of the times for you. Yes. I um, have already given some of my thoughts on sign yes. of the times, obviously. Context has I don't been think provided. It's, I don't think it's aged particularly well, which is interesting for a song that was kind of coming out to be timeless. Um, mm. That's just my opinion. I do think it is a, like a song song, like a shallow or something like that, that's meant to be like to stick around for years and meant to be like, sung at karaoke between families and I just don't think like it it pulled through like that so hands on the other hand is an amazing pop song and such an unexpected moment from Niall and one of those songs that like I think he'd already had he'd already had a single by this stage yeah slow hands wasn't the first yeah um first was uh a really it was a ballad and I didn't like it it was like it was called like this Town or something? This Town, yes. Town? This that Town. That was his first yeah. song. It wasn't great. So he'd already lost the momentum of your first release, which is like huge. And then he came out with this and it did very well for him based on yeah. the fact that it was just a, a good song. And I still like Slow Hands. So I'm going to go with old old Niall on this one. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. I, I, It's interesting with Niall as well. He could be a flop stars contender at some point. Yeah, he could be. But I feel like you it, it's a very fine line, excuse the pun, to get very onto good. flop stars because you've kind of gotta have success before you flop. You can't just 
Yeah. You can't just flop from day one, which is why Ava Max hasn't appeared on the podcast yet. Well, that's very mean and offensive. And <laughs> she's one of the great pop stars. I know, you're a big fan of Ava. I'm a huge fan of Ava Max. The ne- I'm glad we're getting rid of this time. Now, small time we have. <laughs> yeah, but I'm using it wisely. Okay, the next verses is Kiwi. She walked away through a cheap pack of cigarettes. Hard liquor mixed with a bit of Versus Strip That Down, Feet Quavo by Liam Payne. You know I used to be in one I don't mind Kiwi. Strip That Down is very generic, very bargain bin fodder to take a word yeah. from uh, a previous flop star. Um, that was a review of Gwen Stefani's second album that we did last week, so we just go. Um, but I think it's really fun and simple yeah. and straightforward. A great Ed Sheeran right? a really simple Ed Sheeran and Steve Mack combo. It's the reason... Steve Mack has won more awards than anyone can count because yeah. they're great at making these absolute earworms. I think Liam was an interesting choice of artist to give it to. I believe it was made for Rihanna initially. Um, was it? It was Rihanna or someone. It was a, it was a woman. Um, and that it ended up with, with young, young Pano or Big Pano, as it was called at, at certain <laughs> times. Um, so I'm going to go with Pano on this one. Yeah, it was at this point I was like, holy shit, is Liam Payne going to be the biggest One Direction mm. member? Because this and was I US. Think, I believe streaming-wise he may be. Because that's always a streaming He did monster. exceptionally well with yeah. his first few releases. The album absolutely tanked. Oh, I don't God. think it charted anywhere. You're right. That was um, one of the great fucking roller coasters, wasn't it? Like, it was yeah, like... Yeah, he was up and down like yeah. nothing else. Um oh, dear. But Strip That Down made things look pretty good at the beginning. I've already said I don't like Kiwi, so I am going with Strip That Down. And I do have a really a really soft spot in my heart for Strip That Down because it is just so obvious. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's simple as you said, and fun. It's just great pop music, doesn't pull any tricks. It's just straight down the line. Yeah. Nothing ambitious about it at all. Straight down um, the fine line. So, yeah. We're going to give it to the one that's playing it safe against the song that's very, very <laughs> ambitious. What's our third team up? Next one is Sweet Creature off Hazza's album. Sweet creature had another talk Verse Pillow Talk, Zane's debut single. Wow. I also remember... Do you also remember where you were when Pillow Talk came out? I feel like... I think I have a less exciting story. I think I was just sitting at my desk. I was at Grill. I was at Grilled in King's Cross <laughs> when I was working at Amplify. I think I was on my own. I feel and like I... you've had a, a fast food story before, a way you first heard it story. Sounds Was it right. like Lady Gaga or something? I uh, feel like there was a... Me- Perfect Illusion I heard really hung over on the fifth day of Big Sound at a pub in Brisbane. When I was yeah, just pub, maybe that's drinking to get about. over the previous day's hangover. Sinking pints before I got on a plane. Um, that's probably it. Yeah. That was for perfect yeah. illusion. Jesus. Um, anyway, we're talking about Sweet Creature versus Pillow Talk. Sweet Creature, weirdly enough, stands up as one of the better songs on the album, I think. As simple yeah, and like straightforward as it is. I think it's it I listened to it yesterday and I was like, actually, you know what? This is really sweet. Simple. Yeah, that's it's one cute. of the ones I really enjoyed. Yeah, when nice I listened little, to it. Nice little lullaby, but 
Pillow Talk's still like the best Zayn song. So I think I'm going to go Pillow Talk. I think it's going to be another win for the non-Harry track. What do you reckon? I feel like Pillow Talk could be the best song by a wonder solo song by a one direction wow it's a big call i'm going out to say that it's, it's just like such a bold song and such a shame that he got so kind of like crippled by being in the public eye and anxiety because it was clear at this point that he was kind of ready to go all out yeah but it, it kind of faded from there which i still think he can bring it back i still think he's by far got the best voice out of the five of them um but yeah, it's just he's just kind of become a recluse, hasn't he? But I he feel has. bad for for Hazza's album now because I've put them all against the strongest solo single from each member. So How dare you? He's already on the back foot. If we had a watermelon sugar or um, adore you or lights up next yeah. to any of these, he might have had a better better chance of winning. So I've got to go pillow talk, but I do really like sweet creature. You know how you just said that um the that Zane. W- Pillow Talk was potentially your favourite song by a One Direction member gone solo. I would say, like, it's top three for me, joined by Sign of the Times and Liam Payne and Zed's Get Low, I would say. No, really? No, I'm joking. Oh, my God. I I was about to (laughs) say. It was all leading up to a gag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that you left Louie alone in the the gag. Exactly. Couldn't remember um, the song title, could you? No. Well, let's go on to a let's go on to our fourth uh, Harry or another direction opportunity. So we've got ever since New York. Yeah, the city I'm currently located in. Verse. Back to you by Louis and Bebe Rexa. Bebe Rexa. It was um, back to you, yeah, because I just wrote this from memory. Absolutely, it was back to you. Good memory from you. Good memory from the two artists that were on it, because it literally could have been anyone's song. I remember where I was song. when this song came out as well. Tell me. I was in a portal at Splendor in the Grass. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, portal loose. And I tweeted that I liked the song, and I got a lot of attention by Louis fans. That's I good. This could be a good career. I could just be a Louis Stan leader. <laughs> I tweeted that I liked the song and got a lot of love and then I tweeted that a, a number of things to the negative, to the detriment of Louis Tomlinson and yeah. they all used the one positive tweet I did to attack me on the negative tweets. <laughs> and I was Good like, to know. Good you, to know, know. <laughs> you know I can like a song and think the dude's shit. Now it's that whole idea yeah. of art versus the artist, isn't it? Anyway, um, back, to you, <laughs> back to you. Back to you is a great song. And I, I am a big BB Rexa fan. I don't think it's a great. I don't think Louis needed to be on the song. I don't think it's a great Louis song, um, but it's a great song. Ever since New York doesn't stand up for me. It didn't I, I? hadn't remembered it when I listened to it yesterday. Wow. I literally couldn't couldn't remember hearing it before. Um, so I'm going to go with back to you, but not for Louis Tomlinson for the BB Rexa part. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get cancelled again. You're going to get this podcast dragged. Seriously. Um, also, like, Back to You. Good song. Yeah. Um, Ever Since New York, by far my favourite on the yep. album. Um, I, just, oh, I don't know what it is about it. I just think it's a really nicely 
written song and it just like peaks and troughs really well and it's the one time where the guitars are very present i like actually like the guitars on the album the rest of it not so keen on the guitars um but yeah that was this that was the one song that i kept returning to on this album so i gotta go with that awesome i don't agree with you but that's the beauty of the it's podcast the nature of the game it's the nature of yeah. the game exactly so you gave Hazard a big fat oh no you gave Sign of the Times one yeah so we each gave Harry one good on you Hasler good on yeah. you good all on great you. songs all great songs <laughs> I feel very deflated after the energy of that that guy <laughs> Well, let, let me ask you to pick it back up. Is there a song on the... So, imagine Sign of the Times didn't exist. Is there a song on the album that you think would have made sense to come out of the gates with? To come out of the gates with? So, to debut with. To go, yeah. here I am in all my glory. Yeah. Wow. There's something about Sweet Creature. I think it's the simplicity of it. Would have been a nice one to come out the gates with, but it wouldn't, it's not an event of a song like Sign of the Times is. But I think, like, in yeah. the way that Niall came out of the gates with, with this town, it was a cleansing of the palette of everything you knew about Niall. And it was him and an acoustic guitar. And yeah. not that we need more white men with acoustic guitars, but there's something nice about that sort of like shedding of your skin. And that, like, just really stripping it back so everyone gets to reset on what they know about you. So I think Sweet Creature could have worked in that way. Or you could have gone the exact other way and gone out with Kiwi as well. And that's, again, another kind of... That's a shredding of the skin. shocking, I think. It would have been bonkers, yeah. Yeah, it definitely would have drawn attention. It would have debuted at number one, probably. Probably. Anything else you would would come out the gates with if you were A&Ring on... The I'm album. just having a look now, and honestly, probably not. Yeah, it, see, that's the uh, thing. In like the context, Sweet Creature it makes is sense. the other obvious single on there, I think, but certainly not as a first single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely nothing else I can think no. of. Everything else is cancelled, which is crazy because there's like, sorry to go back to Fine Line again, but there's like seven songs on that album that could be a single. <laughs> so like, something obviously just changed pretty rapidly after this one. Yeah. Which is fine. I want to. That's great. I want to ask you about the the big kind of headlines that were made around this album because it it's almost like everything Harry did on stage outweighed anything that was on the album or anything that he said in interviews because I yeah. think he really came alive as a solo performer on stage. Yeah. Um. It started making sense when he started pairing the fashion together with the music, and he obviously has a a, a very obvious stage swagger. Yeah. Um. And a big part of that was the kind of like blurred lines in terms of his sexuality and everybody loves to speculate but like um harry kind of threw threw gas on the fire a little bit yep a few times how much do you think that that kind of fluidity influenced this album do you think that it's in the album or do you think that it came to be on stage i think it came to be on stage and i think a big part of that was remembering as well in in the same vein as he had all this media training that probably blocked him from being too honest in interviews, he also had all this stage training in the biggest yeah. arenas and the biggest venues on the planet. He is, he's played every one of those giant venues 
and played huge shows there with sellout crowds. So he's had some incredible groundwork as an artist yeah. to build. When you've got a kind of debut solo artist, you know, one to two years into their career, as he was when he was touring the debut album, you don't generally have five years of, you know, tier one venue sellout performance yeah. under your sleeve. Yeah. So he had a really great advantage there. And I think in that, he probably felt so comfortable jumping up on that stage that simply performing the songs wasn't enough. He needed to do yeah. something more and he needed to really shed his skin on the stage. And I think that's where you saw those kind of allusions to talking about the things that potentially he was internally blocked in his own brain from talking about in media and even on song in the first album yeah. at points. Um, he definitely wasn't, he wasn't quiet about relationships on the album. Um, I mean, on uh, Two Ghosts, um, he, he pretty much confirmed um, to Nick Grimshaw, who is one of his best friends, who um, is on Radio 1, that, um, that that song was about Taylor Swift and his time dating her when yeah. they were extremely young. Um, so he's definitely not quiet about relationships, but the sexuality side that's always been so up in the air and that, that sort of fluidity conversation, yeah, I think that only really came alive on the stage. Yeah. it's. I know we said, like, there's a vagueness to the album and, and there was a, a big vagueness to what he said in interviews. But it was interesting to me. It felt like he had a few battles that he wanted to be involved in, like, very strongly. And the first the first one's obviously what we talked about is he was, like, a big LGBTQI plus advocate and I think he held the flag up at, at every show mm. after it. And then he was also very... Um, very had like very kind things to say about the teenage girl fans of One Direction who to me like often get very dragged through the mud when talking about any artist like if an artist has a strong um following that's mostly teenage girls it's often kind of frowned upon and you're not a serious artist but Harry really like claims that and really owns that and was proud of it with One Direction and a lot of the One Direction members had things to say about the music that they made that weren't so kind but Harry's always stuck by it which I think was kind of very respectful and very noble and I think that it's it just all ties into one another that he obviously wanted his brand to be incredibly inclusive and he did that without sharing on social media he did that just through what the few things he said on interviews and also what he did on stage absolutely it's it's going to be interesting as well and I think part of this is probably this idea of not letting all the cats out of the bag, for lack of a better analogy. It's sort of yeah. holding off some of these conversations for later records because if you, if you lay everything bare on your first album mm. or two, then you lose, people lose interest. They know everything about you yeah. already. Whereas keeping some intrigue around things, and, you know, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if sexuality, if you're comfortable with it, is something to keep an intrigue about. I think it's just kind of part of a person. But if it is something you want to, you know, hold off I know um, but people from just a bloody love it with him don't they oh they do because he's feminine oh. and because he's because uh, he's an ally it's like, it's like oh my they've never seen anything like it no <laughs> never um should we jump Crazy. into another game let's do it so my game is called well it doesn't have a name but basically I've got quotes from I want uh, a name. from uh, okay it's called um um what they said is what it's called. 
So <laughs> what wow. I've got is a bunch of quotes from other artists about Hasler. And a, do you like my nickname for him, by the way? Do you like Hasler? It's like yeah, like, I love Hasler. For Australian rugby league fans, it's like Des Hasler, former coach of the Sea Eagles. Um, so <laughs> I've got. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, I've, of all the people I thought we were going to make an appearance on the podcast, Des, Des Hasler. Des Former Manly Sea Eagles coach, Des Hasler. He um, can come on when we do a Flop Stars episode on <laughs> Eagle Rock. <laughs> I'm going to jump through three things that artists have said along the journey about Harry Styles. And you have to tell me. I'm going to give you... I won't give you, like, options. I might give you clues if you're struggling. But I want to see if you can guess it just from the wording. Who said okay. this? All right, stop right there. Cool. Because we've done the same game. So here's what we should do. We should go one oh for my one. God. Okay. So you go first, then I'll go. Oh, no, we've done the Does same that game. Work? This, oh. this is why we should discuss. It's amazing. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful moment. And I think it's, it's gorgeous. Because we're under a time constraint this week. No, so it's perfect. We're, we're going to fuse them together and okay. it'll be... A, a, a real melding of the I games. Like that. If you can share the host role. Absolutely. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Do you want me to okay. go first? You go first. Okay. Who said I can make him the biggest artist in the world before he dropped any solo music? Simon Cow. No. Oh, Remembering shit. my version of the game is artist on artist. So it was another artist that oh, said this artist about Artist on artist. Yeah. Okay. No, that's all right. Look, this is what happens when you fuse <sighs> things together. There are certain anomalies. Who said I can make him the biggest artist in the world? It was the start of 2016. The band had just gone on hiatus mere days before. Which rapper said I can make him the biggest artist Rap- in the world? Yeah, I was thinking rapper. I was thinking like... um. Kanye or Jay-Z? You're close. Diddy. Jay-Z. Oh, Jay-Z. <laughs> You're close in the, in the way that you've said it. <laughs> All right, my turn. Okay. Well, I was going to give you two options, but I think I'm still going to do that because okay. some of them are, will be a little bit difficult. Again, fusion um, can have some anomalies to it. Okay, so this one is, this was written by the most handsome man in the world, which was what this person said while introducing Ariana Grande's Just a Little Bit of Your Heart, the song that Harry co-wrote on her debut album, which is seven years old today. Happy birthday. Um, Was it Chris Martin or Emma Bunton? Wow, that's a pairing. This song was written by the most handsome man in the world. That's my Chris Martin impression. Um, I'm going to go with Chris Martin for that one. You are correct. Yes. I thought I was going to throw you because it sounds like something a radio host would say and Emma yep. Bunton's a radio host, but she obviously didn't, didn't throw you. All right, you go. Okay. The next one is... <clears throat> um, I am listening to music, mostly Harry Styles, and being inspired by him to write some new songs and poetry. Ah, oh, I know it. I read it today. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I thought you were going to get that. Because when, <laughs> when you said it was in the same conversation as it is your rumours. So, um, yeah, well done. Oh, so you it. were just pretending that you didn't know that. Yeah. To try 
throw yeah. me off the scent. Oh, That's right. very clever. Correct. Very clever. Correct. Well done on getting wow. that one without any help whatsoever. I didn't even need to say <laughs> cocaine in her boot. <laughs> What's the next All one? All right. My one is his hair smells like roses and tropical lotions mixed with butterflies. Was it Doja Cat or Kesha? <laughs> Doja Cat or Kesha? That feels like something Kesha would say. I haven't seen too many interviews with Doja Cat. That feels like something Kesha well, would say. I'm going to go. You know? it's not well, that's a really good then. point because it feels like a Kesha thing. It feels acutely Kesha. Even if you hadn't said Doja Cat, I would have said Kesha. I'm going to say Kesha. Really? If I'd said nothing, you would have. You would have Shut said up. Kesha. No, I <laughs> wouldn't. Have. Oh, I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, it was Kesha. I thought so. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. Um, All right. The next one. This is going to be a close... Okay. Our relationships have definitely changed. Everybody grows up. Two of the guys have kids now. I don't really talk to any of them. Um, This is recently, I feel like. Think about who might be talking about the guys having kids now. Referring I to Zane. Zane. Yes, it's Zane, correct. Yes. Talking about his relationship with his former One Direction bandmates. <laughs> and he made it's interesting to note he made no comment on the ten year anniversary of One Direction. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Which was really, really Im- incredible. I thought they'd been like WhatsApping each other and stuff. The, that was the allegation, and every other member said really nice words and really, yeah. really, really, yeah, love-filled words um, about it. But yes, there you go. Okay. Uh, the next one is: yep. I mean, me and the whole music industry probably have a crush on Harry. Everyone's acting like it's a shock, but I'm sorry. I think I'm just the only one admitting it. Was That's a that, great quote. Uh, was that either of these former UK X Factor judges? Talisa or Rita Ora? <laughs> Feels like something either of them would say. Um, so I'm not 100% sure. What are you sure. Googling? I was um, Googling Talisa's um, full name because um, <laughs> I, I wanted to read it. I believe it was Ms. Tula. What is that? Tula Paulinia Contestavolos. Contestavlos. Tula Paulinia wow. Contestavlos, I believe. What said is that, Greg? That yeah, it's Greg. Yeah. Okay. Good. Born to Steve Contestavlos and to Anne answer Byrne. this, but good to know anyway. Is it Talisa? It's not Talisa. It's Rita Ora. Did Rita Ora say that? Rita Ora. Did Rita that. say that one? <laughs> Wow, um, I'm out of um, I'm out of out of people. So if you've got any okay, more, okay. Well, read I've them, got one but... more that I think you're gonna get <laughs> cool. very easily. Um, but this one is when Harry came into our lives. I said, "Oh my God, this is the son I never had." So I adopted him. Was that Stevie Nicks or Dizzy Rascal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Dizzy Rascal's child situation, so I can't <laughs> confirm. But I think that sounds like the maternal instincts of Stevie Nicks. 
That was the maternal instincts of Stevie. (laughs) To my knowledge, Dizzy Rascal has not spoken publicly on (laughs) um, adoption proceedings with Harry Styles. (laughs) That was a great game. I kind of like that we both did the same game. That worked very well. It worked out nicely. See, it always works when we just go blindly into this. I always look at the name of the game that you've put down on the run sheet. Your game is called Who Knows Harry is Beautiful, which is a great name. I like that. Mine was called <laughs> was Who too Said creative This. For you. Mine was Who Said This. <laughs> oh, dear. That was great. So, if you want to know who the poet amongst us is, it's at it's Sam underscore interns. <laughs> Changing my bio to poet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's All right, bring this we're home. Com- we're coming to the end. We- we've managed not to. Well, we've rambled a bit, but we've managed yeah. to be a little bit more on track this yeah. week. Yeah, um, shocking. When this, when the campaign for this album was all over, obviously there was a big tour that followed it. But by the time he'd wrapped up touring, the singles had well and truly fallen off the face of the earth. Do you think that it set him up for an obviously successful second album? I think he was going to be a superstar regardless of what the first album sounded like or the second album sounded like. And it's interesting, I really? think if you I think if if Harry went down the like, you know, that pop R&B route, say that Liam yeah. went down, I actually think he could have carried something like that as well. I think Harry's yeah. just such a superstar in his presence that regardless of the musical genre that he went with, he was going to be able to carry a strong solo career. So I don't know whether this was the setup for him delivering a great second album. Um, what I love about him continuing to thrive and, and, and bring an even better second album home is that it provides context to the first album and it provides context to his last few years and yeah. everyone's overall knowledge of Harry Styles. Remembering he's been in the public, psych- in the public eye now for 10 years. He's been, he's been in our hearts for a decade. And yeah. you feel like you know a lot about him, but also there's so much mystery about him at the same time, which I really like. And I think that creates great intrigue for a pop star and it creates great anticipation for their next work. And you're always excited for something from them. Yeah. Do you think if he disappeared for six years <clears throat> or didn't release music for six years, sorry, but was still kind of present in a, in a Rihanna-esque way, do you think there would still be anticipation for his next project or do you think that would dissipate i think now if he went away for six years he could do it so i think after touring fine line i think he needs to tour fine line however that's going to work um fine line still has some ringing out of the cloth to do at the moment um but i think after you know maybe a another single or two and a tour for as, as long as it can go for if he takes six years off then and does a couple more Dunkirks and yeah. sort of diversifies. So I believe he is doing another movie. Which I'm is not awesome. Sure who's, who's leading that? But. He can take he can be off until 2026 then, if he does that. He can be off for he can be off the hook for a few years. I think he's the kind of superstar that can carry that in the same way that a Rihanna can. Which is so interesting because like that doesn't come along very often. In my lifetime, when I think about the people who've really, um, you could just classify them as like icons, no matter what they do now. It's like Rihanna, Beyonce, um, Lady Gaga, 
maybe Justin Timberlake, but even that's fading a bit now. You know what's interesting? Obviously, you've got Kanye's, but Harry's got that as well. Yeah. What's really interesting about Harry as well is he is obviously a huge celebrity, but in the way that you think of Rihanna, for example, as a celebrity... And this is yeah. potentially just the patriarchy at work. But I think of Harry, you think of Harry Styles, despite his celebrity. When you think Harry Styles, you think musician first. You think, at yeah. least I do. I don't think celebrity. Whereas I think for someone like a Rihanna, you do think celebrity or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't think it's the same level of celebrity and the same type of celebrity. Um, yeah. As, as some of those other but artists I, in that band. I also think he doesn't live and die by what he does on the charts, which I think is a very... Um, powerful thing. Nice. Yeah, it's a very powerful position to be in because if you think of somebody who who comes up every single week, but Dua yeah. Lipa, for example, I still think she's at the stage of her career where she has to perform on the charts to stick around. Exactly. And I think we're witne- we've witnessed it as well, excuse the pun again, with Katy Perry, that <laughs> she also had to perform on the charts to stay relevant. I think if Harry's next album doesn't get him a top 10 single or he just limps into the top 10, people are still going to consider Harry Styles to be an icon anyway. He's still he's always going to be around. People are always yeah. going to remember his name. He'll be around for a long time. And I think looking back on this album, it was exciting to see where it all kind of began for a solo career for Harry Styles. Yeah. Beautiful words. Wow. I love And we wish we wish Harry the best moving forward in his career. <laughs> in his in any endeavors yeah. he encounters. We look forward to <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it feel like we're giving his graduation speech or something? I feel like I feel like we're putting this flop star to bed now. We're putting this album to bed. We don't want to see him in this flop star's podcast ever again. Go to bed, Hasler. Night, night. Yeah, off you go. Run away. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to have this conversation again. <laughs> hit subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. Hit follow on Spotify and um, leave us a rate or a review on Apple Podcasts. It takes like ten seconds and it helps other people find the podcast. I stole that line from someone else. Um, the, that was really good. Cool. I was Thank actually you. quite impressed. I was like, oh, does it? It helps. <laughs> <laughs> Although I saw something that I'd been like, everyone wants to be in the new and noteworthy section, but t- saying on your podcast to rate and review doesn't do it. Here's why. And then it linked to some <laughs> kind of course of sorts. I don't know. Um, lovely. Well, lovely to chat. Well, you run, you run yourself through the course next okay. week and, and then we'll get I'll to expect it. new and noteworthy next week. There we go. Um, I've got to go All on right. the internet television now. Wow. You, you're going to watch? 2020. You're going to watch? Sign of the time. Sign of the Yeah, I'll watch. How do I watch? Tickertv.com, I think. Or tickertv.com.au. Oh, I can't believe you're bloody putting me on the spot while... You better go watch it. While I'm on camera and I'm on a podcast. You better go watch it. I've got, I've got dins to cook. Okay, you go cook dins. Have a lovely week, <laughs> no, everyone. We'll be back it. with another Flop Ticket, Stars next tickertape.com. week. Tickertape.com. No, I'll tickertv.com.au. <laughs> Not tape. <laughs> Have fun. Bye. Thanks, Sally. Bye.